love the church with her heart. The Bible says, guard your heart, for it is out of it the issues of life flow. And so our heart must be filled with love. I mentioned last week that um, psychologists and even scientists have drawn a linkage between bitterness and all the putting people in your heart. They have linked it to heart problems and heart attack. Where something happened to you, you have put it in your heart, it's still there, it's registered in your system. If you, if you don't release it and let it go, before long, we have to now pray a prayer against stroke and against heart attack. And it is simply because we have turned our hearts into refrigerators, keeping and preserving people's actions. Amen. Tap someone and say, let it go. Free your heart. Free your heart. Free your heart. Yeah. So we must love with our hearts devoid of bitterness. Now listen, I'm not saying nobody will hurt you because people will hurt you. People will step on your toes. Even twins that come from the same womb, possibly at the same time, with the same, um, with, with, with much the same DNA registered in their system, looking very much alike, they step on each, each other's toes and they have their own differences. I had um, two friends who were twins when we were in school in our house. One was studying business, one was studying science. And it was, it was intriguing for me to find out that twins can study two different things. I thought simply because they were, they were necessarily or exactly the same person, they must love the same things. It was strange for me that one's passion was for sciences, the other's passion was for business. It tells you that even they, they are different. Now, if they are different, then how much more us? who look different. We will be different. People will step on your toes. People would, would hurt you. Some will betray you. But you see, it is better for you not to keep it in your heart so that you can live long. Are you hearing me? It is better. Most of the time, the people who have stepped on our toes and have hurt us, they have even forgotten about it and they are walking free. And we are the ones incubating their actions and, 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 and putting them in our hearts. But if you release them, you can also walk free and be free and be made and be rid from the consequences of these things. Hallelujah. So love with your heart. Don't allow hatred to be in your heart. Much more so, you see, the church is made up of human beings and so people will hurt you. As if, if we're only made up of angels, then perhaps even angels, there was war in heaven. Even angels. There was war, there was disagreement in heaven and between Lucifer and Michael, they had to fight, even angels. And so if you are the kind of person that struggles to forgive, it may affect even your health. It may affect the quality of life you live on this earth if you struggle to forgive. It may affect your marriage. It may affect your relationship with your children. Forgive. When you understand this concept of life, you know how to forgive easily and not store people in your heart because people will step on your toes. So love with your heart. Tell your neighbor, love with your heart. Love the church with your heart. Love people with your heart. Hallelujah. And then we said love with your mind. How many of you remember that one? How many of you remember last week? We said love with your mind. And I mentioned that the fact that we say love with your mind doesn't mean you should stop thinking when you become a Christian. Because a lot of people stop thinking the moment they become Christians. They say, let me go and bath you because you are looking for a child. And the desire to have a child overrides the thought process. Because if you, you were thinking, how would you allow somebody to bath you because you are looking for a child? Doesn't make any sense. 
It doesn't check any biblical boxes. It doesn't check any, any, any mental uh, uprightness. There's everything wrong with it. But people sometimes cease to reason and cease to think the moment they see their believers and they give their life to Christ. We love with our minds, but we are conscious also of who our God is and we know him for ourselves. Yesterday at the workers' um, camp, I told them there are different types of church growth. And I mentioned that the first kind of church growth is called internal church growth, which is individual in nature. It has to do with increasing and growing in the knowledge of, in the grace and knowledge of God. And so whilst we are, we are desiring to increase numerically, we must desire that as individuals we grow in the Lord. That the way you used to know God and know his grace and flow in him in January, by December, something about you must be different. If, if your prayer life has decreased from January to now, that's a problem. It means you're not growing in your knowledge of God. If your word level is reducing, it means you're not growing in the, in, in the knowledge of God. And that's a problem. We must love the Lord with our minds. And in order to do that, we must grow in the knowledge and grace. But loving the Lord with your mind doesn't mean stop thinking. Tell somebody, it doesn't mean stop thinking. Oh, come on, say, it doesn't mean stop thinking. Are you shy of the person? Tell the person, it doesn't mean stop thinking. Hallelujah. One, one day, one of my sons came to me. He went to a certain church. And they told him, go and clear your account and bring it. Now, um, he was believing God for a promotion. But where he was even was a product of my prophecy. By God's grace. And he got there. Now he's looking for a permission. Somebody takes him somewhere. And the person says, go and clear your account. Bring all your money. Now I understand that this person has started life. It's a young man who has started. He's now building his life. Building and saving a little. He went to clear his account. Moved 15,000. Went to give to this man of God. Nothing happened. Then he came back to me and said, you are not correct. You are not, you are not thinking. Because me, that prof prophesied to you and prayed for you, I've not even taken 10 CDs from you. But when somebody told you, you have, gone, you have the ability to go and clear your account. So what cleared the idea? Mr. I just obey me, you. So, Sana, I obey any idea. Hallelujah. And nothing happened. Nothing happened. You see, I don't disagree with people clearing their account. Understand me. Now, if you on your own, you were praying or you felt led, or God told you, I wasn't there. That in, you, you need to sacrifice to do this and, do, and you do it on your own. Praise the Lord. But why would I or anybody else for that matter come and tell you to clear your account? Tell somebody, think. Amen. I'm seeing something. Tell somebody, think hard, think hard, think hard, think hard. Amen. So if it's you who came to that conclusion after your prayer and waiting on God, that's between you and God. But don't allow anybody to hoodwink you and hypnotize you for anything, to extort from you. Hallelujah. Okay. We'll move on today. Number three, love the church with your time. Love the church with your time. Love the church with your time. Now, 
you would know that there are three dimensions of church. When we talk about church, there is the universal church, all of us believers in the world. There is, the, there is you as a church. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? And then there is the local church, which you are a member of. Now in this, my focus here is on the local church, where you must love the, the church with your time. Anything that you say you love, you will devote time to. Anything that you express love for, you will make time for. Listen, nobody, nobody who says I love you and doesn't make time for you truly loves you. Whatever is keeping them is what they love. People love their jobs more than their wives. Can I go there? This one too, I'm saying it. People love their jobs more than their wives. People, no, and, and I'm saying that based on experience. I remember those days when we closed from work. Some of us, by 4.30, we started packing. Because the bank pays me to close at 5. So by 4.30, I started packing. I'm ready to go home. By 5, if you go at 5, everybody will say you're not serious. So you have to gauge a little. 5.15, 5.30, pam, I'm off. Some people will be in the office at 9, at 10, at 11. It's because they don't want to go home. They want, by the time they get home, you know, everybody's asleep. And then they go. And then by 4 a.m. they have left. By that time they are still asleep. So there's no interaction. They don't, love, they don't love the home they are going to. Ninja home. They love the, the work more. They wish they could sleep there. They wish there was body facility at work. But whatever you love, you will make time for. Hallelujah. Whatever you love, you will make time for. If you love the church, you will make time for the church. If you love a ministry, you will make time for it. If you love a move of God, you will make time for it. Now, you see, in, from Genesis all the way to Revelation, you will see different moments where God is making time for people that he loved. And where people are making time for God because they loved him. You will see in Genesis 2.15, that of Adam. You will see in Exodus, where God, Exodus 25.8, God says, build me a tabernacle. I want to meet you there. I want to have fellowship with you there. You go to John 1.14 and it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst men. God is actively making sure that he is having the opportunity to dwell and interact and share fellowship with his people because of the love that he has. You see Acts 1-4 and where the spirit of God comes down. Throughout scripture, there are many experiences of God spending time with his people. Whatever you love, you will spend time with. Amen. Whatever you love. Whatever you love. Whatever you love, you will, you will make time for. And when people enter grace, they will know if this is a people who love their church by the time we spend in church. Amen. So, some of us here, when, when they give you, um, you go for a visa to America and they give you one week, you won't be happy. If they give you five years, you will come and give a testimony. Because your joy is linked to the time they give you. You love the place you are going to so much. You want to give him more time there. If they gave you one week, you will not be happy because there's a certain love that you have for the place you want to spend more time there. Hallelujah. Amen. Whatever you love, if it's the church, you make time for. When it's Friday, we're having a prayer service. People are, are sleeping. I've told you, Grace Temple is a, it's a come and let's pray church. It's not a pray for me church. 
It's, it's not a prayer for me. The places they do pray for me, they are there. You can go buy oil, they'll pray for you. Buy anointed rice, they'll pray for you. Buy um, deep for jollof. I saw one on TV. So for you didn't see. Deep for jollof. Oh no, no. Watch it, jollof. Asanka. Which one is Asanka? The, 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 that the same, huh? The big one. No, deep for Tsehu. In his priestly garment. Tsehu at bows. Or teacher Jolof. I was I, I couldn't believe it. Ha! O deep for Jolof. O deep for my metalia kaka. It's a serious matter. But these are places where they have they have made people think that their hope is in symbols and tokens. Their hope is in Jolof. Hallelujah. When you love the church, you will spend time. You will come. We will pray together. Some of you don't know the myriad of testimonies that come. This is not a place where we, we glorify men for testimonies. We don't glorify men for... I keep telling you that if you want to drink um, fruit juice and you have a pack, the, the box it comes in, and you have a glass. Now, Without the glass, can I still drink my juice? Absolutely. Now, if the glass decides that he will not make himself available for me to enjoy my juice, I can get something else. I can pour it in my hands. In, in other words, the aim is to drink the juice. The medium doesn't matter much. The aim is to drink the juice. It's the same thing with God. That we are just mediums and vessels through which he, he reaches people. Now, if we decide we won't allow him to reach his people, his love to reach or his desire to reach his people will override us and he'll find a way to reach us nonetheless. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so when the Spirit of God came down in Acts 1, it didn't come through anybody. The Spirit of God just came down and pam, reached them. Now, if 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 Isaiah says, I won't prophesy about the coming of Jesus, God will raise Jeremiah to do it. He always has more people. When Elijah was complaining and saying that um, um, Ahab wants to, and the wife wants to kill me, so kill me, I want to, what did God tell him? I have some prophets you haven't even heard of, you don't know exist, that are there, they are waiting for their time, they are the touchline. So if you think that nobody can do without you, God would remove you from the scene and replace you. Nobody is indispensable. Hallelujah. Nobody is indispensable. So you must love. That's why you, you don't hear some of the testimonies. Some of them are strange. They will shock you. Some of them will shock you. Some of them would, would, would let you believe that in fact there is God. Hallelujah. But the desire should be to come and pray and invoke the power and supremacy of our God. We, we have um, prophetic enforcement coming in December. If I were you, I'll start preparing. Yes. Hallelujah. No, if I were you, I'll start preparing. Because I am, I am fired up already. Fired up already. Sir, have you taught before? You've taught before. Fired up already. No, oh, it's not. It's not. I'm just showing you something. I'm, I'm showing you something. <laughs> I am ready. But come and let's pray. You, you, 
That's why, that's why I've arrested a lot of the young guys. So you, you people are too young to be going home quickly after church. Oh, girl, be now going It's not sorry. It's not sorry. It's not sorry. <laughs> Amen. Amen. When you love the church, you will spend time in church. When 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 embassy gives you appointment at seven, by six you are there, and they won't even respect and regard you enough to give you a seat. You wait outside. Can you imagine? And yet we don't have any problem with it. We we'll go and stand outside on some embassy somewhere waiting for a time, only for you to enter and they will bounce you on top. But come to church and let's have fellowship. People would would. They, they, would, they would take it, you know, slightly. They, it's not so much a big deal. It should be a big deal for you. It, it's a, t- tell somebody it's a big deal. It's a very big deal. Yeah. It, it will give you what, what your job can never give you. Your job will give you salary. After you are 60, go home. You're on your own. Retired. But this one, you're securing where you're going to spend eternity. After it is all said and done, after you have jumped and screamed and rolled and, and spent and done all these things, what next? And so when you say we are winning souls, you spend your time winning the souls. You are part. People say, I don't have time. But you have time. The question is, what do you use that time for? I am busy. If you are too busy for the kingdom, you are too busy. Hallelujah. If you are too busy for church, you are too busy. When I meet people, there are certain people, they, 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 it's like they can't, they can't see themselves coming to church every Sunday. They must miss like three in a row and appear once. Sorry. Appear once and miss three and appear once. So every month, they just show their faces. You need to understand, it is not for me that you are coming. It is to have fellowship and communion with God. Tap somebody say, love the church with your time. Next, love the church with your hands. James 1.22, put it up for me, please. You love the church with your hands. Your hands, your hands. So, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Now, this, this is a very powerful text. It says, be what? Talk to me now. Be, be doers and not only hearers, deceiving yourselves. Three things. It means, number one, be hearers. That's what it means. You see that in the scripture. It means, number one, be here Because it says, not only. So, you are required to be a hearer. Why? Faith cometh by hearing. And because of that, in order for your faith to grow, in order for you to grow in the knowledge and grace of God, you need to be hearing constantly. Listen, whatever you hear affects you. Now, do you know you can hear something right and that will change your mood? Now, if somebody whispered in your, your, your ear, God forbid, that your mom is dead, suddenly your face will change. It is what you have heard that has altered how you feel and how you are responding to things. Now, if somebody whispered in your ears, I just put $20,000 in your account, your face will change. Because something you have heard has brought joy to you. And so, it is important that, number one, we see what we hear. 
It is not everything that is being spoken that is worth hearing. It is not everything being taught that is worth hearing. Because things that you hear have a powerful effect on you. Hallelujah. Faith comes by hearing. And so what I'm hearing, when I'm hearing the word of God, it is boosting my faith. When you keep hearing stories of people who have failed, stories of people who didn't make it, stories of people who are dying, your whole perspective and view of life becomes failure and death. Because the constant hearing of these things alters what your approach and your perspective in life. If for the next um, two months, every day somebody tells you a story of a young man who, or a young lady who is dead, you know suddenly you start being afraid. It could be my turn any moment from now. Because, and, and you feel that every young person is dying because of what you are hearing. Tap someone say, be careful what you hear. Be careful what you hear. Hallelujah. Be careful what you hear. So it says, be doers, not only hearers, deceiving yourself. Okay. So it says, hear. Number one, hear. But if you stop at hearing, you are deceiving yourself. That's powerful. If you stop at hearing the word. And so it is, it is not enough that you hear the preaching of the word and you lift up your hands and shout, and shout deep and shout I receive it and shout go deeper it's one leg you may be deceiving yourself because what takes you transitions you from simply hearing to becoming a partaker of the word preached is becoming a doer of what you have heard see isn't it amazing that we would hear scripture say several times in the bible that in, and, and rehash the importance of soul winning for example the importance of reaching out to the lost we have heard but we are not doing and so the bible says we are deceiving ourselves amen the most potent deception is self-deception that's the most potent deception in this world self-deception Imagine you deceive yourself that you are the world's strongest man. You can fight a lion and win. They will drop you in the jungles, Sahara jungle somewhere in Africa and it will come for your bones because it's your self-deception can lead you to death. It is the most potent deception. There are different kinds. Somebody can deceive you God can hoodwink you, but when you are deceiving yourself, oh Lord, how does anybody wake you up from self-deception? And scripture says that being hearers only will lead to self-deception. What have you heard that you have not done? What have you heard that you have not applied, that you are not a doer of? It is not enough just to hear. It is more important that we do. And that's why we must love the Lord with our hands. We are doing the work. We are effectualizing the words that we are hearing. We are, and it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst men. It is high time the word becomes flesh and dwells among men one more time. Because when the word hits you, you must be the embodiment of the word of God. We must be the light of God. We must be the salt of God that the world sees and knows that there is Jesus in reality. Because people may never see Jesus like we see, but by looking at you, they will come to know that in, indeed this man is alive. Hallelujah. And so many of us say one thing, but our actions are saying something completely different. And so we are deceiving ourselves. Love the church with your hands. Spend time. Do stuff. 
Hallelujah. With your hands. There is no great move of God that didn't involve ordinary people. There is no great move, massive move. You hear of the Azusa Street Revival. You hear of mighty moves of God. The, the McPherson's of this world. The, the Catherine Coleman's of this world. It was the ordinary people whose hands were ready to work for the move that caused the revival. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Tap someone say, love the church with your hands. With your hands. James 2, 15 and 16. James 2, 15 and 16. If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, what should we do? And one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? So you have seen clearly somebody in, is in need. I'm not, I'm not talking about the, the liars and the scammers. You know there are liars and scammers around. How many of you know? There are liars and scammers around. I heard the story of a certain pastor who they did evangelism, they picked. I don't want to share our own story, but I'm, so I'm sharing somebody else's story. Picked this young man who said or claimed that he used to be an armed robber. And that they, because they spoke to him about Jesus, he has indeed repented and given his life to Christ. Now, after this, the pastor being one who wanted to be a doer of the word, tells him, I want to help you. What do you want to do? Because we don't want you to go back to the days of stealing and whatnot. The, the guy said he wants to attend these technical schools, you know, all this electrical engineering and, and the like. He wants to go and learn. And so they inquired and found a school for him somewhere. Every um, term, he will bring a school fees bill of about 2,000 cities. The pastor will pay every term. There are times he will come and say they are going for internship somewhere and they are supposed to pay internship fee. Uh, the man doesn't know that there's nothing like that. Internship fee, 1,000, he will come for it. This one, he'll come for it. That one, he'll come for it. What broke the camel's back was that one day, one day, he got a call that the, the, the man has been involved in an accident and that if he doesn't send 3,000 cities or so, the hospital that the man is supposedly in will, be, will, will not treat him and so he will die. And he said, okay, send me pictures of this so-called person that you are seeing. They sent him a picture. He noticed that the, the guy, they had bandaged him and put gentian violets on certain parts of his body. He was lying on the floor in what looked like somebody's room and not in a hospital. And so he, he told them, you know, if you won't treat him, let him die. Then he called the school and said, ah, where is this gentleman? They said, oh, we haven't seen him in like two years. We haven't seen him in two years. We have even been wondering if he's still a student or not because we want to expel him. He's not been around. It's okay. So uh, the school fees bill you've been sending me, he said, our fees is 400 CDs a term. So he goes to edit, goes to uh, uh, um, like a cafe kind of thing and then edits the figures and changes it. Scammers. 
Because of that, sometimes it becomes difficult to help people. Yet, Scripture says that when somebody comes to you and you see clearly there's a need for clothing, they need food to eat, it is not enough to say, peace be with you. Scripture says, what profit? What is the profit? What does it do? What, what does it yield? Amen. Faith without actions is dead. Our hands must show. Our hands must show. Many people spend more time giving commentary on people's states in life than actually helping. That's why in this generation, you see people going through things. Maybe somebody's drowning, somebody's house is on fire. And the first thing that comes to people's mind is to pick their phones and start recording. Are we serious? First thing that comes to somebody is drowning and want to want to capture it. Wait till it is you. You can capture yourself like that, drowning. Wait till it is you. But there are people who who need help, and this is how we can show them love with our hands, not with our mouth. Mouth is okay, but with our hands first. Hallelujah. If you see somebody needs help, stretch your hands and impact their lives. One thing is don't use the, the experience of being mistreated not to do good again. Yeah. Because there are many people who are ungrateful. Have you seen them before? When you are doing good, you do it as unto the Lord, not for the person. And so if anybody owes you this God, you leave that person and just do it for the Lord. Amen. When you do it that way, you, you are fine. I told you a story of a pastor friend of mine who picked a young man who was struggling to go to school. He said, oh, once you are in this church, we want to support you. They paid his fees from level 100 to level 400. Then when he completes school, he stopped coming to church. And the man of God called him and said, I've not seen you in a while. What's happening? And he says, you know what? I'm waiting on the Lord to see if this church is right for me. My pastor friend said, he should have told me a long time that he would be praying about it. So I also pray about it, whether giving him the money is the right thing to do. Yeah. But people are ungrateful. There's several people like that. Several people. We've had our own experiences in this ministry. Several of them. There used to be a, a group of ladies, young ladies that started coming and lady and co wanted to help them. Even the dresses they used to wear, they were part of the choir. They didn't have the ability to, to dress in the uniform and some of the ladies used their own monies to make sure they were comfortable and around. At the end of the day, they rather turned around. You remember, you remember, some of them remember. And you hear, you hear things like, what? Wow. Amen. Tap someone and say, don't stop doing good. Say, love the church with your hands. With your hands. With your hands. With your hands. The other bit I need to add is that you see, when you come to church, you, 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 you are seeing beautiful things. They didn't just happen. These are products of people's handiwork. Amen. What do you think? They are products of people's handiwork. I've seen speakers, products of people's handiwork, tiles. Because there was a time, if you just came around, you, you will not know this, but there was a time that there were, there were no tiles. 
that when you say receive it, people don't want to receive it because they will fall into dust. There was a time like that. There was a time when we were, we were ministering, uh, teaching the same way I'm teaching now. The windows were open and the whole place was bare that people who were passing by would just look at us like, these people, are they serious at all? What are they doing? There was a time like that. But it took the sacrifice and the love of people demonstrating it for us to be where we are today. And thank God this is not a destination. This is a transit point. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. I was telling the workers yesterday, a prophet friend of mine who has been everywhere in this world came here a few weeks, ago, a few months ago. And his, he was going to preach in an all night service, but he decided to pass through our Friday service. And his whole reason for coming is because he had seen the backdrop in pictures. He wanted to see it in real life. So he came to ask me questions. How did you do it? How much was it? When I mentioned the amount of money to me, his face changed. Amen. So everything you're seeing is a product of people's love expressed through their hands. Finally, love the church with your mouth. With your mouth. Ephesians 4.29. Ephesians 4.29. Ephesians 4.29. Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Amen. Amen. Revelation 12.10 talks about the accuser of the brethren. The accuser of the brethren. The accuser of the brethren. And if you find people amongst us who are accusing the brethren, accusing the church, then you have just been, you are in the employ of the enemy who is the accuser of the brethren. He has employed you, giving you work to do. It says, no, go back to Ephesians. Go back to Ephesians, please. Go back to Ephesians. It's slow. Buy a new computer. Love the Lord with your hands. <laughs> okay. This is not, this is not the scripture. This is not our scripture. Yes, that's our scripture. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification? Let no corrupt word proceed. We must love the Lord, love the church with our mouth. What do you say about the church? What do you say about the ministry? Amen. One, one of the things... I don't cease talking about. It's my wife. Why should we stop there? Why should we stop? I won't stop talking about her. Because I'm proud of her. You understand? Yes, I'm proud of her. When you're proud of something, you talk about it. You, it is easy. It comes naturally. Some of you, the way you, you, you are proud of Manchester United. Are you sure you are proud of Manchester <laughs> Or, or you are proud of which other team is there? No, you are the only fan in Ghana. He said City, but you are the only fan in Ghana. Nobody else supports City in Ghana. Let's say Barcelona. 
you will talk about it with pride. You understand? Like, and, and, and some of you, you talk about mercy like it's your father. Those days, growing up in Mamprobi, oh Lord, after a match, the, the chief commentator, pundits in the area, will congregate under a tree somewhere or by a store somewhere and they will spend the next three, four hours arguing and analyzing the match. And I keep telling, telling people, listen, the guy you are arguing about just finished taking 200,000 pounds and he's gone to sleep and you are awake screaming for nothing. But they are proud. Whatever you are proud of, you vocalize. You talk about it. You will talk about it. Some of you are proud of the schools you attended. You let us have peace of mind. And, and some of you who are not so proud of it, when schools we attended come up, you want the topic to change. You see, you want it to change. Especially, you know that time of the year when science and mass quiz and everybody, when you go to the office, they don't let you have peace and everybody's talking about their school. When you know your school is not part, there's a way you leave when these conversations are coming up. <laughs> Hallelujah. When you are proud of something, you talk about it. You talk about it. You talk about it. If you have friends who don't know your church exists, it means you are not proud of your church. Hallelujah. You are not proud of your church. Ask somebody, are you proud? Are you proud? Ask the person, are you proud? Are you proud? I was telling the workers yesterday when we started and were under the tent at that time, I made what I made the biggest mistake of my life. Um, are you ready to hear? The biggest mistake of my life. Are you ready? Okay. The biggest mistake of my life was taking my first, when I was working in the bank, my first bank loan and buying a car with it. It was my biggest mistake. Because I spent too much money on that car. When my colleague, friend of mine, he has even resigned now. He uses the same money we took. He went to buy lands. After two, three years, he started selling the lands. One plot, one plot, one plot, one plot. Then the money he got from that, he started building houses and renting. Then the money he got from that, he started um, bringing in cars, Uber cars. In a month, he can bring 60 and just sell to people. And he started going into farming and cashew farming and this farming. And one day he just got up and said, it's enough, I'm resigning from this place. The same money we also, some of us bought cars and you know, we're looking big. When they invite me to preach, I'm in my car and I get down and say, pastor has come. <laughs> big manism. I'm feeling so big. At that time, oh, now let come. At that time, I bought my car and because, you know, when Papa starts to move, everybody follows the move. I bought my car. Pastor Michael took his loan too, bought his car. Pastor Rafi took his loan, bought his car. We're all, I mean, and at that time, we're under the tent, uh, and when we are coming to church, we all drive here, and we come and park it, and you know, ping, ping, we just drop out of the car. And suddenly, people in the neighborhood started, uh, he's, they are using the church money to buy cars. They are using, and at that time, we're not even up to 50. And the highest offering we'll raise on a Sunday will be like 100 CDs. So how many hundred CDs should we pack together? I, I bought my car at that time for 30,000. Pastor Michael, 30,000. Pastor Rafi, 30,000. Put the three together, that's 90,000. How many hundred CDs should we put together to get to 90,000? 
and people in, 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 around. I decided I'm never going to respond to this. I mean, I have nothing to respond to. Let's focus on what we are building. Focus on the ministry. But I, I, I knew that there were people around in church who were speaking good about us because they knew that if we look at the money of the car, there's no way church could have bought it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You speak positively. And strangely enough, a lot of those people who accused us are now members of the church. Yes. Yes. Because we didn't fight them. We didn't argue with them. We just kept doing what God sent us to do. And suddenly, they are members contributing for us to buy next cars. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, so your words matter. What you say. You see, do you know that there's a lot, there are lots of charlatans in the church today? I watched a video. I'm ending. I watched the video. I was shocked. Somebody who says he's a man of God. And he did an obscene sign with his fingers. And it was captured on camera, and his, the whole church was there watching him and shouting and clapping for him. What? How many of you have seen it? And these people, amongst other people, give the church a bad name. And so every now and then, there'll be conversations about church in your workplace, conversations about church amongst your friends, amongst your family. In that place, you must make it known that that's for me, my church is different. What do you think? Yeah. But some of us will join them. I am Paul. I am Amen. Please close your eyes. We want to pray in the next few minutes. That may God cause us to be a loving church. We'll love the Lord with our hearts. Love the Lord with our minds. Love the Lord with our hands. Love the Lord with every part of our being. With our mouths. And, and give glory to God. That people as they enter here will know that this is a loving church. Please lift up your voice. Begin to pray. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Thank you for listening to the Apostle Josiah Aubin Jr. For more of these messages, please subscribe to his podcast and SoundCloud. It's Apostle Josiah Aubin Jr. To interact with him, like his page on Facebook, follow him on Twitter at Apostle Josiah Aubin Jr.